On this episode of Resi Week, we talk about the Home Tech Academy site, Best Buy home theater businesses grow, Snap AV gets deeper into security, and can Black Friday sales really boost your integration business? This and more on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. 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 Is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 42. Oh, snap. Recorded November 23rd, 2016. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott. This week, we are going to cover a bunch of news and stories from the residential AV industry. Uh, this week, starting from right to left, I've got my friend Jason Griffin. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. He is the business development and operations guy over at Harrison Home Systems. He's also a co-host. He's got a long list of things he does. So uh, you getting longer. I know, right? You've got all kinds of stuff on the go, which is great. Uh, Then next we have John Clancy. He is the VP of residential over at Crestron. How are you, sir? Hey, Matt. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for being here. And last... And certainly not least, we have my good buddy, Richard Fergosa. He's the principal and founder of Fergosa Design. How are you, sir? Good, guys. Mellow West Coast greeting. I think we have at least three time zones represented today, so good start. We got, we got the whole thing, man. We covered the country, pretty much. I even, uh, I even buffed my head. I, I shined it up. <laughs> That's why we're getting such Let's a nice glare. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, gentlemen, let's jump right in. CTA, whoa, there we go, sorry about that. Uh, This comes to us from Strategy and uh, our friend Ted Green. CTA is predicting record Black Friday sales. Uh, They're expecting about 47% of Americans and a bunch of Canadians that'll be coming across the border to buy stuff uh, will be buying a technology product during the Black Friday week. This uh, should result in somewhere around 116 million Americans buying technology, uh, 10% higher than last year. Gentlemen, does this, there we go, does this say anything for uh, A, the the purchasing habits of the American consumer, uh, but more importantly, do we care that it's a 10% increase over last year? Jason, I'll I start with you. Jump in here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I think it's an interesting story. Obviously, I think for our industry, it's never a bad thing to hear about consumers getting excited about technology come the holiday season. Um, I don't have a great frame of reference to know, you know, how big of a deal to the industry a ten percent jump is. I do know one thing. When I looked at the list, that you know, this was a lot of devices like, I'm looking over here at the list, um, you know, laptops, smartphones, gaming consoles, tablets, headphones, tech accessories, DVDs. So it's very broad, right? And that's always yes. been the thing with with CTA and, and the consumer electronics show that they put on. Um, you're talking about a very wide net. So really, that was my uh, big question when looking at this story is, you know, how much of this is really relevant to a, uh, what I consider a, still a pretty boutique uh, technology industry in, in the home technology space. So, um, like I said, I think generally it's a good thing to hear that consumers are getting uh, excited about technology this year. 
But um, yeah, I don't know how much this really bodes for uh, for my business in particular. Very good, John. We we obviously see this every year. There's always a ton of Black Friday stuff that comes out, tons of deals. I think it's pretty safe to say that people are not buying TVs, especially during Black Friday, from integrators. Is this something where integrators can use this to latch on and and try and get you know some installation stuff or some additional things? Because obviously this year we'll probably see a lot of Alexa being purchased and a lot of Google Home being purchased. Is there opportunity there? I think absolutely. Look, I mean, when I saw the uh, the headline, right, and just read that, I thought the number, the fifty percent, was was significant, right? I was you know surprised that it was that high. And then you read that list, right, of what it encompasses, and you're like, oh yeah, of course, you know, these are all obvious items. And I think that uh, you know, when you look at that, it's almost hard to figure out what you can buy these days that doesn't encompass some bit of technology, right? So if you rule out, you know, clothing and and food, right, and and what else is left, right? I mean, between wearables and and all the accessories you talked about, um, absolutely. And I think riding that wave is definitely an opportunity. You know, you look at Alexa. And all the things with voice control, you know, that that, uh, that were that were announced in the last few months, and the things that they're they're uh, just about to, you know be coming, there's definitely an opportunity here to ride that wave. Very good, Richard. You know, you and I have talked many times over the years about becoming that that digital concierge for your client, realizing that we're you know within Black Friday week now, and it may be a little too late. But is this something that? integrators really need to jump on in advance of Black Friday and, and do their due diligence to help their clients, you know, discern what to purchase when they're going out to, to buy stuff during Black Friday. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was funny. It's a um, it, perfect example. I, I already bought two items <laughs> myself. <laughs> I, this morning I got like the, you know, the, the advanced sale and um, sure enough, you know, there were some pieces in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the yeah, I'm going to leverage what the retailer's doing at this point and, and, and you know, help a brother out myself. Um, but, you know, what's funny is that uh, I, I remember uh, a blog post a couple of years ago, uh, John Siaka wrote, friend of the program. Um, and it was talking about going into your Rolodex, you know, or your like drawers and drawers or something. And really what he would talk about is that he would periodically go into his uh, folders of prior, prior clients and reach out. And it was, you know, the, the, the old adage is that the, the best customer you have is the one you've already got. Um, it, it, best one to get is the one you've already got. And what I feel is that, you know, it might be a little bit too late, but as an integrator, reaching out to your clients is the perfect time to be able to continue the relationship you have with them. You know, if they're planning on buying um, an Alexa or a Google Home or any of these devices, all of these devices are network enabled. So the first question becomes, hey, look, you know, it's been a couple of years since we've looked at your computer network, or we haven't even touched your computer network. Um, this is something that we need to look at, and everything is going to um, kind of dovetail into the other. Obviously, if they go and they buy a big display, there's the installation side. There's the service side. Um, if they had a smart remote that you put in, um, there's going to be a refresh necessary, or there'll be updates available, and maybe it's been a year or two or more. Um, that you haven't necessarily worked with this person. So, you know, from a business standpoint, um, you know, I mean, there's the other side, the psychological side, is we're finding more and more that clients don't like interacting with people. If they have the ability to just go on a website, point and click at whatever time they want without, you know, the pressure of a salesperson, um, you know, that that is something that 
integrators have to look at more and more because even though we are a relationship-based business, the reality is, is that buying patterns are changing. So you mm -hmm. have to be willing to recognize and um, look at that opportunity and, and maximize that opportunity that, you know, they, they may not, they may not even call you at all. They may have just bought the display and just set it up on a cabinet for all, you know, you know, cause they didn't want to bother you. Um, so, you know, I think from an integrator standpoint, it's a matter of being proactive. I mean, you could even do it right now. It's only Monday. There's no reason why you couldn't go ahead and go through your client list and just set out a tickler email. Yeah. It, it's definitely something that, you know, we always forget that, we can use these opportunities, even though they may not be a direct sales opportunity, just to reach out and, and get your name in front of your clients because you've got an easy in. Uh, but speaking of sales, let's jump over to our next article, which comes to us from CE Pro. Uh, this is about Best Buy's reports coming down after an impressive Q2. They're once again, uh, as it's stated here in the article, proving everyone wrong who predicted their losses. Uh, they are still seeing positive growth. And as you dig down through here, long and short, they've seen a, a slight growth of 1.3% over last year uh, with a sales growth of 1.8% uh, again over last year. What I found interesting in this is the two things that they attributed this to were, you know, not so much the traditional things that they're selling, but specifically that they're getting online revenue is up something like 24%, which is a huge, huge deal. Uh, but more importantly, that they're seeing a lot of this come from the new innovative technologies. Gentlemen, do the, the sales figures for, for Best Buy matter when you couple them with their store closures? This is for anybody. Well, you know, again, it's it, the one thing that I notice is that they don't break out how Magnolia um, plays into this. Um, they don't want so, to talk about Magnolia. <laughs> but, but, you know, but, you know, they're, they're the store within the store concepts, everything that they're doing with it. You know, again, it's Best Buy has become kind of the stripped down new Radio Shack. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of where you go for the stuff where there's no place left for the hobbyist to go. I mean, you've got the bazaar, which is, you know, Amazon is the giant bazaar where you can get anything you want, mm -hmm. but the problem is, is navigating it. You know, Best Buy tends to be right now that destination where it's like, you know, I need a fitness watch. I need uh, an access point in a hard drive. Okay, you know, I can do one-stop shopping um, that they don't necessarily get it in another retailer like a Target or a Walmart or anything like that. So, you know, and then with the online presence, uh, you know, it's, there's less players in the market as part of it. I almost see that Best Buy is going to get it just surely, um, you know, by the act of attrition. Now there's grumblings that Circuit City is looking at potentially reentering the market after they, after they stumbled and fell uh, a couple of years ago. So, uh, you know, I mean, technology, it, it, John was talking about it. Technology is everywhere. I mean, after, after food and shelter, technology is running a, a pretty hot number three right now. <laughs> Well, and it's it, it's something to be said that they were able to post a gain, albeit a very small gain, but they were able to post a gain even though they lost, uh, what did it say, they, they closed 14 large format stores and 23 Best Buy store closures. But the, the biggest thing that I pulled out of this um, was that they're saying a lot of this is coming from their connected devices. Jason, do you see that as, you know, kind of dovetailing off what Rich said, do you see that because they're offering the best options, shall we say, in that realm? 
or because there's nowhere else to go buy it? Well, I think it's a, it's a combination of the two. I mean, I, to a certain extent, I think audiovisual components like TVs are, are just something that uh, a lot of consumers want to see and experience directly before they're going to make a purchase like that. And so I think for the home theater categories, which are also mentioned in this article, uh, clearly that bodes well for Best Buy. As far as connected devices, that's become a pretty broad term these days. And so it's hard to know exactly how they're defining that. I do think that retailers in general have had a pretty hard time uh, figuring out the smart home. We've seen efforts from companies like uh, Staples is a pretty high profile one that comes to mind that just sort of fizzled out. Um, Home Depot and Lowe's are definitely uh, making some moves in that area. Um, incidentally, we got a, at my home a, a Bed Bath & Beyond uh, holiday catalog this week, and the cover story was smart home gifts that they're selling. So retailers clearly are uh, looking at that space and um, trying to figure out a strategy for potential growth. I think five years from now, it's a very different looking market. And uh, retailers who are able to figure out how to effectively demonstrate this technology in a, in a retail environment like that, uh, I think will be, you know, they will see a lot of success there. So I do think that's an interesting aspect to the story. Very good. And I must say, that's where I want to buy my smart home stuff <laughs> at Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, let's let's right. keep move exactly right. Who doesn't? If we have well, time, we, we have a we have a technology manufacturer on here. I'd I'd be interested to hear what their side <laughs> of this is. So yeah, I don't think you'll see uh, Crestron touchscreens at Best Buy, um, but I will say that it, it I'll does, buy it on a Black Friday sale. Though. Can I get them at Bed Bath and Beyond though? At eighty percent off. Yeah, I think that it it, it does raise market awareness. I think it it does help. And I think Jason touched on it as well about, you know, um, um, Home Depot and Lowe's getting into this, right? Um, and I think that even this upcoming uh, National Home Builders show that's, that's coming up in, in January in, in Orlando for the first time has a, a technology pavilion, right? Um, and, and I think all of this helps raise awareness. And, and uh, you know, I think that the Best Buy numbers, I would love to, you know, get a little more detail about how much of, the, of this increase is attributed to the connected home products and how much is home theater and mobile homes because they kind of lump it all into one aspect or, of their growth. But it, it's just, I think it's all beneficial. Very good. Let's uh, jump, well, actually, we're going to stay on the sales bandwagon, kind of, in a way. Uh, Snap IV, Snap AV, there we go, has been making some moves. And uh, as you know, recently they purchased, I think it was about a year ago, uh, they bought Sunbright. Well, they just acquired another company. They purchased a Florida-based company called Vigilant. Uh, this comes to us from Residential Systems and our good friend, Jeremy Glowacki. Uh, Snap has, as I said, purchased this uh, intelligence surveillance equipment company uh, and is looking at integrating this into their Luma analog and IP surveillance systems. Jason, is this something that, you know, obviously Snap has been buying up kind of companies sort of left and right a little bit, um, but is this something where we're expecting to see this technology, which, which seems to be quite interesting, in their Luma products very quickly, or is this something that is going to take some time to, to hit the line? Yeah, I, I think without question, it's probably going to take a little bit of time. I think it's a brilliant acquisition personally. I know that uh, surveillance is an increasingly popular category 
we're seeing a lot of demand for it. And to have something like uh, what Vigilant brings to the table in terms of that, that analytics and, and taking surveillance to that next level by adding that intelligence to it as a very clear value add that uh, we as home technology professionals can, can piggyback on. I think Snap AV has been doing some really good things in the area of surveillance. I know that um, the Luma line of, of NVRs and DVRs that uh, they showed, I think originally at Cedia 2015, um, was actually one of my um, top stories coming out of there. I think they did a great job with that, that app in terms of blending you know, we've seen a lot of functionality come out of products like Dropcam and, and now the Nest Cam um, that consumers really love. Just the really easy ability to go back, look at footage, pull clips out. Um, and, and surely these things are not as nearly as powerful as a, a professional surveillance solution. But just having that ease of use on a client facing app uh, is something that I believe the Luma line did very well. And so I think this is just a move that can build on some of the momentum that Snap AV has been, uh, you know, building already with that line, and so I'm excited to see where it goes. Now, is this something where, you know, Jason, you kind of you led into my my next question with, you know, how it competes with a upper echelon security solution? John, is this something that this acquisition specifically does this help them hit a or, or go after a higher market? whether that be strictly residential or also into the commercial space because of the analytics that are involved? I think absolutely. I mean, uh, look, as an integrator, I, I had used their products and tied them into our uh, control systems. And some of the analytics that and the triggers you can get from that where it sees a person and can automatically flip your TV over to view that camera, um, you know, and not kind of, and being able to discern from that from just any active or change in video uh, is extremely powerful, and, the, and these are features that, you know, once the end users really become uh, more exposed to, are going to begin to expect uh, fr from other products. Richard, is this something where, you know, Snap kind of for a long time had a reputation of being what it was, with the acquisition of Sunbright, with the ac acquisition of uh, Vigilant, is this something that is taking it beyond? You know how it first entered the space and into something, something more, something. I don't want to say better, but something greater, maybe. I, I, they're maturing as a company. I mean, when they first came in, they were kind of a a, um, a reference place for installers. You know, it had the tweaky stuff that an installer needed, and that was, you know, kind of taking that bizarre approach, which was, you need a cable, you need this. And as they've grown, um, they have found that they have a unique place in the market as an alternative to dealing with multiple distributors, you know, or having to go through the distribution network, not necessarily having to go through a buying group if you're an integrator. So, you know, it, 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 they're looking to reduce the friction and the drag necessary for a lot of these integrators who aren't necessarily large companies who can't buy in bulk, who maybe don't necessarily have a way to enter into a buying group. Um, you know, maybe the distributors aren't necessarily available in their area. There's not sales support or there's not showrooms available to them. Um, and, and with Snap, and, and the first thing that I thought of when, when I saw that this happened is they are really, really concentrating on their oversee network. Um, that, that entire platform is built on diagnostics and analytics. Um, so it's a natural dovetail. Um, and especially because consumer awareness has, has grown. I mean, you not only have um, the drop cam, but uh, Netgear came out with a product called Arlo, 
which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, also works really well. Um, you know, a friend of mine, like on Facebook posted, like he had six cameras set up within half an hour, <laughs> you know, just plugged them in and they went. But what that meant though, was that the awareness for surveillance and in heightened time surveillance is definitely um, getting more exposure. People mm-hmm. are more comfortable with it um, because of the reality that, you know, you can access it from a mobile device. Uh, you know, that there, there becomes that from the hobbyist group, you know, approach or, you know, maybe for a camera where you can plug it in. But then when you're dealing in other projects, which is you need it outside or you need it where you don't have a power plug nearby. There's all of these other options where a professional installation makes sense. But John called it. It's the analytics. It's the ability to be able to, to make sense of everything that's gone on. Because typically a surveillance system, you know, the rule of a surveillance system is you never need it when you're just sitting there looking at the camera. You really need it <laughs> at four in the morning on a Sunday or, you know, if something happens and, and you know, we've been involved in a couple of projects where we've had to pull footage, um, you know, and being able to access and being able to identify and um, being able to track that information accurately. And, and that is something that a, a consumer based device isn't gonna be able to give you. Um, from a security standpoint and from a life safety standpoint. standpoint. So, you know, I, I see it as a natural progression. You know, Luma was their first foray into it. Um, but, you know, I mean, Snap now has their residential side and their commercial side. Mm-hmm. So there's applications where strictly for, um, you know, small businesses, this, this, you could just put in this package all by itself without necessarily dealing with any of the other parts of it. Very good. Let's, uh, well, keep... if I can jump in here real quick, I, I'll, oh I'll say I want to add also that what Snap AV does right now better than anyone is is makes it easy for their dealers to buy equipment. I mean, their website to go on there and shop it's like it's like going onto Amazon and shopping for equipment. Mm-hmm. And there are so many other places in this industry where you can go to purchase equipment where let's just say the experience is quite different. And and you know it's just. It's, it's so it's amazing to me what Snap AV has been able to do to push that forward. And so, you know, on the other side of that coin, you have Vigilant. We've talked about is this a good acquisition for Snap AV? Well, w- what about on the other side of that coin? Is this good for Vigilant? And I think uh, from that perspective, clearly it's a huge win. They'll get to benefit from access to, you know, Snap AV's dealer base um, and all of the convenience that comes with purchasing through Snap AV, including free two-day shipping on everything and easy returns and all of that. So I think uh, from where I sit, it's it's a win-win for both companies. Well, especially when you look at the fact that Vigilant is going from a 15-person company to becoming part of the, the power that is Snap AV, it's going to be right. fantastic. But speaking of websites and stuff that's easy to use, you like my lead in there? Uh, our good friend and and part of the show today, uh, Jason has started or, or is a part of the HomeTech.academy, which is a new website, which I'm going to have him tell us all about. So, Jason, give us a give us a brief overview. Yeah. So the elevator pitch is uh, Home Tech Academy is really just a, a fresh approach to e-learning for home technology professionals. Um, we're coming at it from a bit of a different angle in the sense that we are providing vendor-specific training. So we're going out and working with companies to essentially supplement their internal training and and provide a central resource for home technology professionals to come to to evaluate and get educated on all of the tools and products uh, that are available to them in the market. So we're really excited about it. So is the reason, or maybe not the reason, but is part of the, the idea behind it that you felt that there were areas in 
uh, obviously the residential industry where EDU is just not, not served well enough? Yes, I did. So really, this idea actually for me goes back a number of years um, to when I was spending really all of my time out in the field um, programming. And, you know, there would come situations during the course of my programming where either like a complicated programming request would come in or maybe it was just something really simple that I hadn't done in a while and I, and I couldn't remember how to do it. And so, you know, I'd be in a position where I was going out and trying to find these answers online. And what I was really uh, greeted with was either really lengthy PDF reference guides uh, that the manufacturer put out and maybe a scattering of, of videos that um, quite frankly were not produced very well. Uh, they were typically released in very long clips, 20, 30 minute clips, which made it almost impossible uh, for me to find the one answer I was looking for. And it just got me to thinking that, you know, maybe there was some other resources out there for this particular brand I was working with. And I started looking and I realized that there really wasn't other than going on the dealer forum. Uh, I was pretty much at the mercy of the training materials that that manufacturer uh, was able to put out. And I, and I just started thinking about that because when you look at industries like IT or software development, um, you've got dozens or hundreds of, of websites and consultants and firms that are providing, you know, third party training resources. And there's really nothing like that in the home technology space. And so that kind of gave birth uh, to the idea and it's it's expanded since then. You know that was really focused at the time on one programming platform I, I was using. But I think there's a need for this for better product specific training and education um, throughout our industry. My experience in the industry has covered everything from being a field technician to programming, uh, system design, operations, sales, you name it. So I've kind of touched it all, and I think that across the board, um, our industry could benefit from you know, having more people out there really dedicated to thinking about the training and resources that are available to us as home technology professionals. Very good. John, is this something that, you know, you guys at, at Creshon find uh, valuable? As in, obviously, you have all of your own trainings, but when you get outside of a manufacturer-based training, that may open up doors with, with the, uh, the learning methods. So, so yeah, absolutely, and, and kudos to you, Jason. This is uh, something that's desperately needed in the industry. Uh, all, Thank you. I mean, training, training in general, uh, you know, and, and, we, and I touched on this, you know, before our call, I, I talked about at Crestron, I mean, all of our trainings were pretty much focused on career paths and programming, right? And so uh, that's, that started some thinking here about, you know, what other trainings can we offer, right? So, so we'll have a technician training soon, and and I think there are other things, you know, from the industry that are still desperately needed besides technicians. I think there's still a, a bit of business training that's, that, that could be extremely well utilized, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> and it's funny, when, I, when I'm traveling around meeting dealers, that makes up almost the majority of my conversations. Uh, you know, about a third of my time is talking about Crestron, but two-thirds of my time is talking about what I did at my old company to go from, you know, from from 12 or 15 people to 80 or 90 people and how to get to there and, and what, what stumbling blocks you come, you go through. So, you know, uh, technician training, absolutely desperately needed, but I think there's, you know, a business side to this as well. That, that's also equally as needed. I, I, I laugh there because that's, that's one of my big pushing points, Richard, um, to, to dovetail off what John said, this is something that, you know, you and I have talked about a couple of times where, you know, for me, I find this always a little interesting because my company plays in both spaces, both the commercial and the residential world. 
And I've always found that the commercial guys are more often business guys that run AV companies, whereas the residential guys are AV guys that decided to do this for a living. With you know what John was saying and, and what Jason's created, how big or, or how important can this be for, for dealers to not only understand their business better, but also understand business better? Well, you know, I mean, there's no such thing as, as too much training if you have the time. The problem and the gripe from most dealers and integrators is there's never enough time. You know, uh, we're, we're too busy doing the work. We're, I've got my guys out in the field. There's no way I can send my entire technical team or my sales team to this company's headquarters or a regional office and take three days out for training and, you know, X, Y, or Z. You know, um, you know with Cedia, we only have our regional trainings. You know, we have obviously, um, you know, at Expo, we were able to kind of bring everything together and provide a concentrated series of classes. Um, but the reality is, is that, you know, there, there's, there's always something that, that it, the information um, needs to get to. And if there's, if there's an outlet, and everybody learns differently. And that's, that's the one thing, being married to an educator for, for you know, coming on 10 years. Get it right. Uh, to, over 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over 10 years is that, you know, people do learn differently. They acquire information differently. Um, some people absolutely dive into the forums and get to the nitty gritty and pull out the manuals or the webinars or the trainings or anything else. Other people, their attention span is they got 15 minutes, bang, bang, you know, give me the crap. You know, I, I, I was looking at Jason's site, you know, it was a perfect example of one of the manufacturers. Here's a crash course on what this stuff does. You know, if you missed not making it to the booth for this company, you know, and you don't have the time to talk to it or you don't want to talk to the salesperson, um, Here's a crash course on everything that this does with an elevator pitch for it. So it's a way to access that information, not only, not, and that's not even necessarily for the technician. That might be for the business owner who's mm -hmm. looking at bringing on a product line. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there's always an opportunity to um, be able to access information differently. And, you know, who, somebody who may look at this may not want to deal with the webinar. Somebody who looks at the webinar and the manufacturer's training is just tried and true. That's the way they go. This may not work for them, but it's an opportunity. It's a choice. And that's really the important part is there has to be choices available that work in a manner that with a lot of these integrators, because again, the majority of our integrators are smaller companies. They're, they're, you know, John grew his company into a very large company. And there's, um, you know, there's, there's procedures that have to be put in place when you're that size of an organization. When you're a small organization, that's what you want to aspire to. But at the same time, when you've got everybody doing six different jobs, you got to fit something in whenever you can. So, you know, I think it's a great idea. You know, so, and again, kudos, Jason. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. If I could just jump in here real quick uh, with one final thought on it, Matt. And, you know, we, we referenced it a couple times there as far as um, training for technicians in our industry. And I want to say that I think there are a lot of great resources out there for that already. Cedia comes to mind. There's a lot of great stuff there. Um, there are other companies providing that. But where I really see our, our target customer, our ideal customer at the Home Tech Academy is not so much that entry level technician, although eventually our curriculum may expand into that area. But right now, you know, my feeling with the industry has always been like there are plenty of resources and easy enough ways to learn to get you started but it's like you hit this plateau or middle ground in our industry where there's nothing left other than just going out there and like doing on the job training. Basically you kind of hit this point. And so really what we're trying to target with the Academy, I think is people who have 
you know, a solid amount of experience, whether that's uh, an experienced technician who's looking to learn real hard skills and take their career to the next level, or a small business owner who's just trying to evaluate, you know, all these different tools and products out there to figure out what's the best fit for their business. And we want to be the central resource um, where people can come to for that sort of material. And then we also think that there's a lot of value in it for um, companies. You know, John is with Crestron, which is a very large company, um, has a lot of resources probably to develop uh, training materials. And, and I think, you know, we'd love to work with Crestron, um, but that may not be a good fit for them, if we're, if we're honest. They might have the resource to do all that internally. But there are a lot of companies in our, in our, in our industry who don't have that sort of time and resource uh, to put into developing good, you know, high quality training and onboarding materials. And so we are excited, you know, we're in talks with a number of them. And so far the feedback has been uh, universally positive and everybody's been very excited about it. Excellent. Well, we are proud of you. We knew you back when you were just a little writer. <laughs> making things work. But yeah, no, it, it, it looks fantastic. And, you know, we can never have enough education within the industry. That's what will continue to allow us to grow. But that is unfortunately all the time we have for this week's episode of AV Week. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Jason, where can people connect with you opposed to just, uh, or in addition to just hometech.academy? See, I'm yeah, even so probably one of the best now. ways over at, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's what we're here for, right? <laughs> um, yeah, probably the best way would be over at, uh, uh, we do a weekly podcast at hometech.fm. You could shoot me an email, uh, jason at hometech.fm, or uh, check us out on Twitter at hometechpodcast. Beautiful. Thanks again for being here, John. Thank you for joining us today, taking time out of your day. Where can people connect with you? So they can reach out uh, via email, uh, jclancy, J-C-L-A-N-C-Y, at crestron.com. Beautiful. Thank you for joining us. Richard, where can people find you? Like, they, they don't need the help, but if they <laughs> somehow can, have never heard of you before. <laughs> probably the, the best place to track me down is right there in the Twitterverse, at rfragosa. Uh, you can also find me at fragosadesign.com or type my name into the Googles on the interwebs, and certain things show up, and occasionally some fun stuff that we've done with a very large manufacturer represented here. Uh, <laughs> very good. Uh, and you can obviously see us on AV Nation TV. We just finished recording uh, A State of Control the other day where we had some really cool guests and we talked about some really fun stuff that will uh, should, be going, uh, should be going live either today or tomorrow. Excellent. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, for myself, you can obviously find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows that cover all the other verticals that we cover. When you do stop by the website, make sure you check out our underwriters. They support us and we uh, appreciate that and we hope that you will support them as well. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Resi Week. <laughs>